Welcome to Idle Chatter. Survivor podcast for Survivor fans. By Survivor fans. I'm Ashley. And I'm Laura. Come on in, guys. Every episode. I keep being like, oh, it's gonna we're gonna get used to it. We're gonna settle in, but every episode honestly has just felt like such high stakes, such a wild ride. Yeah, I agree. I I think last week, though, I, I felt really blindsided, so I just was a little speechless. But now, I mean, I've collected my thoughts. I can I can talk about it, I think. Same. And I mean, to be honest, like, we'll get there and everything. But I, I wasn't nearly as upset about this tribal as I was last week. I mean, last week, I think we'll go down in history as one of the most heartbroken tribals I've ever experienced. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I like this person. It's safe to say I, I, I love this person sometimes, but I can accept it and I understand their reasons. Yeah. So shall we get into it? We sure shall. So we pick up um, after last week's tribal council where uh, Ethan was sent to Edge of Extinction and Adam immediately just starts off on his apology tour because everybody knows my favorite my favorite quote of um, this first scene was when Adam just goes, I pooped my pants tonight. <laughs> Wait, that's so funny because he said that immediately after he said my favorite quote, which was, I was just castrated in front of everybody. <laughs> oh my God, Adam. Oh. I, I literally wrote in my notes, Adam takes a beating. Because he does. I mean, it opens up on him. He's, you know, talking to Boston Rob. And then Rob ends up telling Parvati what happened. And basically at that point, Adam is going on his, quote, apology tour. Um, I do need to interject and say this has nothing to do with Adam and his apology tour. But right after Tribal, you know, when they shoot it in, like, the night vision and it's all dark? Yeah. He has his, like, button-down shirt and his cowboy hat, and he just looks all tall. Uh, you know, quick quick takeaway, but Honestly, we can go back to Adam's apology tour. If we've learned nothing else from doing this podcast, we've learned that you're super attracted to Ben. I think, like, you're more attracted to Ben than you are attracted to Nick at this point. Uh, wait Tell me get... I'm wrong. Wait, Tell wait me till... I'm wrong. Wait till we get to later in the episode. All right, all right. You, you will be eating your words. <laughs> I do not, I don't disagree, I don't disagree for the record. Like, Ben was pretty under the radar this episode. We'll, we'll get back there. But yeah, Adam, as God, Adam gave us such good content tonight in this episode. It was just, he, he was really fun. He's a really, like, a lovable doof when he's not being a snake. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think at this point, they only just briefly go to the Blue Tribe after Tribal and you know, Adam's brief apology tour, but we don't really get that much else from him at this point. So yeah, I guess maybe just the we beginning. move on to the red tribe. Yeah. We go over to the call um, and it's, it's day 11 and Yule is being so sweet. They're all having the best time, which is whenever, whenever anything's going too well, like, you know, something is going to happen. So at this point, like I thought that we were about to swap, which we didn't, we're going to do that next week. Uh- um, at one point, like, you know, they're eating their fancy exotic food. They're looking over at extinction. 
I almost said Extinction Island. They're looking over at Edge, of, <laughs> at Edge of Extinction, which I did not know that they could see from their island, which feels I kind of cool. Yeah, I didn't either. Because, yeah, um, I just started with Yule hugs, everyone. It's cute. And then he talks about how his four are him, Nick, Wendell, and Sophie. Um, but yeah, they can, they go to a shot of Edge of Extinction and Sophie talks about, you know, a school trip to prison about you know, how it teaches the kids you never want to be there. And that's what Edge of Extinction is to them. Did you do that in elementary school? Because I did. I went, I think in high school. Oh, uh, I maybe remember. That, maybe I went in high school too. Wait, I specifically remember. Okay. So yeah. Okay. I don't know if I went with school, but there was this you went program. Alone? No, no, I didn't go to the prison for fun, Laura. Um, there was this program, I think it's when we were juniors, and it was called Hunterdon Tomorrow, which for those of you who are not local, Hunterdon is the county in New Jersey where we grew up. And so you could apply to be in Hunterdon Tomorrow, and if you got into it, they you got to leave school one day a month and explore a different thing every month and I think one was the justice system so they took us to the like I guess county prison in Fleming see there's so little crime where we're from that I'm like mm-hmm. where's the county prison is that what it's even called but I, I think that's where we went to the uh, the jail in Fleming is there a prison I don't even know the jail in no Flemington idea. and I remember distinctly my virgin 16 year old self being there and this inmate in his jumpsuit was standing by the bars of the prison or jail whatever when we walked in and he was like doing kind of like a jerk off motion (gasps) through the bars but very like slowly and sensually and I felt I I felt pretty disturbed by it that's my one takeaway I cannot tell you anything else that happened on that field trip but I remember that oh my god Okay, I have two things. One, I have never in my life heard of this program, and we went to the same high school, for anyone who doesn't know. But I believe you, but maybe you were two grades ahead of me, so maybe after someone did that to you, they were like, we're going to shut this down. It was probably for the best. (laughs) Um, Two, I just want to say, like, on the topic of school field trips, I think it's important that as many people know this as possible. But when I was in sixth grade in elementary school, my class went on a field trip to the town sewage plant. (laughs) There are classes out there going to museums, going to concerts, going to prisons. Why did we have to go to the sewage plant? That's weird. It didn't make sense to me then, and it doesn't make sense to me now. I'm really glad that West Amwell didn't have to take that trip and it was just the Lamberville thing. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So then we go over to Edge of Extinction, which they can see from their island, and we get in to one of the most insane physical challenges that I have ever seen in my life. Oh my, Where to my, start? My first comment was, okay, well, basically what the challenge is, is Edge of Extinction has kind of like... You know, I'm not going to call it a mountain, but, you know, a very large hill in the middle of it. And the challenge is that they need to go pick up 20 logs. But the catch is they need to go get them one at a time. So you need to walk your ass up that mountain, grab a log, bring it down and put it in a, in your own stack 
before sundown. And my only comment, my note that I have is my fat ass is out. I wouldn't even attempt it. I would just be like, I would make it up one time and be like, victory, I've won. I could not do that 19 additional times. That's insane. No, I know. I just shared a, a long personal story, but did I ever tell you about the hike I did in Hawaii that was up a mountain? You and did breathe. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I've heard it, but go ahead, go ahead, refresh my memory. Oh, if you insist. Um, so it was. I was hungover. So to my in my defense, and it was this hike. If you've ever been to Hawaii, it's called Cocoa Head, and as with my cousin and my cousin's wife and their dog, and it was the most embarrassing day of my life. Like. I was crawling on hands and knees up this mountain where everybody else was walking it. It was the worst day. And yeah, when I got to the top, I cried. It was a cathartic experience. Like when Natalie and Amber came down and started crying, I was like, I feel you. But okay, so they have to bring the the wood down one piece at a time. And it's not like a little flimsy twig. It's like these big ass logs. Like I don't know where they found there's four of them so that's 80 pieces of wood i don't know where they found 80 pieces of wood all of the they, same size and girth, they didn't but... find them they took they had someone that builds the challenges builds a set you know make these pieces of wood that look the same exact uniform size you're right so from the moment they introduced this i'm like natalie is going to crush this and of course she did of course she did i one thing i need to say about this is natalie's a beast everyone admits it it's awesome i just want to say Imagine how empowering this would have been. Maybe not for you. I feel like you were like pretty like tiny in high school and also still live in a smaller body now. But I'm a big girl and I feel like my entire life I grew up just being like, oh, like skinny equals healthy, skinny equals strong, skinny equals fit. Natalie, I mean, it's not like she's overweight or anything. She's just a normal sized person and she's just so strong and fit and she demolishes everyone. It's amazing. I just really yeah. like the representation of that on TV. It's it's refreshing and nice. Absolutely. Um, you know, everybody else is hanging in there, but she really blows them away. Yeah, but then Danny's going slow and steady and Danny also compares it to childbirth and says, but at least after childbirth, you get a baby at the end. I mean, a a fire token is really, you know, penance compared to a baby, I guess. But I don't know. In the game, it's pretty important. I guess so. But then Ethan starts to really struggle. He has to sit down and he's pushing himself so hard. And we actually get medical come in. And they take his blood pressure and it's really low. And they're like, if you feel like you're going to faint, you probably will. So I don't know how long he's sitting out for, but eventually he decides he wants to keep going. And they're like, all right, but you just have to keep taking breaks. Um, So can you clarify something for me? Is it if you complete it, you get a fire token? It wasn't just Natalie because she was first. It was just you do it, you get the token. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because Natalie, she was first and they all kept going. Right, right. So, So, yeah. So he does finish it and the most heartwarming part to me was the very last walk when the other three joined him just such a classy sportsman sportswoman move it was just it was really moving honestly I cried. this whole this whole sequence like ethan is just such a good dude like i want the best for him i want he can have all of my fire tokens like oh man I know. Seriously, I, I teared up a little bit when I was watching that. I, I texted you. You you two also welled up. <laughs> and it's funny because before this was said, I put a little aside um, 
in my notes that said, this is such an opportunity to bond. And it's after they all complete it, Natalie, you know, swims into the ocean and cries. You know, you see Amber laying there. She cries. And then Amber says, you know, what an amazing bonding experience it was. And then you see them all go up in solidarity with Ethan. It's so sweet. Um, One thing I wanted to say about that is, this bonding experience is really important because if you remember back to the edge of extinction season, more than one person does return from edge of extinction. Right. First it was Rick Devins and then Chris Underwood, our, our ultimate winner, he returned too. So granted Devins had, you know, ended up voted out, but you know, he was a jury vote. So, I mean, imagine say, Natalie ends up back. Ethan ends up back. I mean, after they go through this together, don't you think, if one of them is on the jury, they're going to vote for the other. I I would think so. Oh, exactly. And then this whole element of there was no fire token bartering or whatever this week, but you had that element too. And then you're on a tribe and you're like, hey, by the way, I sent you that thing. You're welcome. So honestly, a lot of people, like we discussed in our first episode, have had issues with Edge of Extinction being back. But honestly... I've been pleasantly surprised. I don't think that it is a waste of time. I don't think that it's filler. And I, I again, I mean, that might partly just be because they're all people that we like. They're all winners that we want to see more of. But I don't I hate it. That, I'm not mad at it. I think that is an important part of it. Because I think that with the first season, Edge of Extinction, there were four returning players that season that, you know, some of whom ended up there. But with this, I mean, I think these are all people, you know, Every single person that gets voted off this season is someone out there watching's favorite player. So they want right. to see more. So I think in this case, I like Edge of Extinction. I do too. So um, then we get back yeah, to Sele. I think I'm saying that right, finally. And Michelle and Rob are I having think, a little I think you chat. are. Yeah, Michelle and Rob are having a little chat, and we haven't really seen that. That's a new pairing for us to see, which I like that they're starting to show different converse, different group, sets of people having conversations. And she's talking about how her win was really controversial, and he's like, "Hey, you won!" Like, it was just a cute bonding moment that I wanted to call out. I know I wouldn't, Michelle. She was like the backlash, my controversial win. It's sad that her win was controversial just because it was like. People didn't think she deserved to win, which I mean, I probably was one of those people when I was watching it. Sorry, Michelle. But I feel like oh. she's doing some things, saying some things and competing in a way that I, I can respect her. I agree. I think Michelle is proving herself. Um, You know, what? Uh, if I'm being honest, I need to go and do a rewatch of her season because I it's all it's honestly all a blur. I think you know, had we been podcasting at that time, I would have retained it more because I'm taking notes and I'm talking about it. But it, it I really don't. Like, I, I, I know she's with Ty and Aubrey, but I, I couldn't yeah, tell you. I facts. watched it semi recently, but not as recently as I've watched some others. And I just remember really, you know, thinking Aubrey had it in the bag. So that's why when it was Michelle, I was really confused by that. And I think that the people that were voting and maybe that brains brawn beauty dynamic might have contributed to her win. But I mean, she's clearly a contender. I mean, she's been doing the puzzles a lot and I feel like she's saying some things and making some moves. So, you know, Michelle Michelle was a lot of people's player of the week last week too. Um, 
So then we we continue on with Adam's apology tour. And oh, my God, I was like, I was cracking up. I was audibly LOLing. Um, oh, me he, too. He's serving coconut soup. He is washing the dishes. He's offering to get people water. He's finding the firewood. Like, my, oh, my, my God. My first note is just Adam is their bitch, which is really funny <laughs> because right before that, um, Courtney sent me a Snapchat. Cor- Courtney is our friend and Mark is her fiance. Um, Courtney and I are best friends. And for some reason, Mark decided to tell Courtney literally right before we were recording this that she was my bitch. So oh. she sent me a snap snapchat oh mark laughing because he just said that i'm your bitch which which isn't true and we had a conversation i was like well sometimes you're my bitch and sometimes i'm your bitch everyone's the bitch sometimes and during adam's apology tour this is this is his time to be the bitch it's his turn um it was just so funny and i loved when jeremy jeremy Jeremy, oh (laughs) his interview where he's like it's like my kids when I'm disappointed in them and then they're trying to make it up to me. Like, oh, it was just so funny. But then, then Rob and Parv start talking and we know they're going to get to scheming. Adam comes up to them and they, they're like, let's make a move. And he is saying all the right things. He's like, no, 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 I can't. Like, I can't, I can't do, I can't be a sneaky snake. They and, already don't trust me. Yep. And uh, let's, let's just reenact. Should we bury him? Harv goes, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> you know it I wrote down savage. the quote. It was savage. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like, Rob just plays it like the champ that he is. He goes right up to Michelle and Jeremy and tells them that Adam said he wants to work with them. And they instantly buy it. Because he, like, give that guy an Oscar. Give him an Oscar. Yeah. I mean, you would think, though, that... Maybe they might question that coming from who it's coming from. But they should. I, that, that is why Rob is so good that they don't. They should, but I, I, I don't know. It, um, depending on how you look at it, fortunately or unfortunately, we didn't get to see that play out any further because uh, they won the challenge. Spoiler alert. But anyway. So then we we go back to DeKal, we go back to the red team, and it's all fun and games. Sarah and Tyson. Some Tom yeah. Flurry. You know, but, Sarah's smelling Tyson's breath. It's clam breath. Um, he he asks how many coconut bicep curls she could do, or she asked him, I forget. Um, but they're they're honestly being adorable. And again, going back to that that idea of these like random pairings we haven't seen before, like Rob and Michelle, we haven't really seen Tyson and Sarah work together. So again, I just I like that. It's refreshing, it's fun. Um yeah, it was cute. While it lasts, uh, it's I think Tyson says that it's eerily calm and that could not be further from the truth. Um, Tyson, Sandra and Tony talk and uh, Tyson's like making this argument that the three of them really have to stick together because if not, they're going to get plucked off one by one by one to which San- Sandra's like. No. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. Tyson makes a really good point where he's saying that you'll. Nick, Sophie, and Wendell, they've only played one time and they don't really have any other connections. So the four of them are a pretty strong unit. So Tony, Sarah, Sandra, and then he also, even though Kim has only played once, I believe, they're, you know, the poker player alliance. 
those five, they have other connections. They are the threats. They should stick together, which I think does sound really smart. But Sandra's being Sandra. I actually wrote in my notes. That's funny. I just said that my own thoughts right now. And I look at my notes. I wrote Sandra's being Sandra. And she's like, oh, Tyson brought up my name that one time. So it's hard for me to imagine being like that. This person mentioned my name one time. So I have to gun for them. I'm like, it's Survivor. That's what you do. Yeah, I mean, she's the queen. What are you gonna do? Yeah, queen. Uh, we didn't. Crap. We we didn't see a ton of Wendell at this point, which is disappointing. Because I think it. I think I honestly, like Wendell's one of my favorite players right now. But I know, I love we we see a little bit of him later. We uh we get to the challenge, and um, I'm still kind of expecting that we're gonna do a swap, but. That's not in the cards. We're just going to get straight to the immunity challenge. And the reward is chickens. Oh, my God. I, I feel like I was, like, vigorously taking notes, and I didn't even realize there was a reward. Yeah, we got some chickens. Oh, nice. Yep. So, okay. So, last episode, I stumbled on how to describe it, the challenge for, like, 20 minutes. So, I'm going to try and redeem myself this time. Oh, wait. Can we just say, though, who who sits out? Again for the rest. Sandra, and we got some great parvity shade. She's like, Jeff, why don't you just rename the bench the Sandra bench? Yeah, I mean, I feel like she just knows she can do whatever she wants. And I mean, maybe, you know, she knows she's not going to help that much or something, but right. people on, okay, on some of the Facebook groups I've joined, which is a very different world than Twitter. Um, there are people in an uproar about Sandra sitting out. And I, I personally don't think that being a physical threat really matters at all anymore. I mean, it might matter if, you know, in the merge, you don't want that person to be a physical threat because you don't want them to beat you every time. But I really feel like winning challenges, I don't think anyone really votes like that anymore, especially if you do have the option to sit someone out. I don't think they really give a shit. But some people are in an uproar about Sandra sitting out every time. Yeah, I agree. It's like almost a liability to be a really strong physical threat these days. Yeah. So the challenge is there's a boat and there's going to be some people in the boat and there's going to be four people attached to the boat that have to swim and pull this boat up to a tower. At that point, you have to climb up this tower, jump off of what is essentially a plank and catch three dangling keys and then at this point you get your keys you paddle off to another area and the keys unlock puzzle pieces and then you do a puzzle simple and then we have how did you feel about who they chose for each thing because i think that was notable to me because for the blue the swimmers that we have are rob Wait, is that true? Yes, it is. Okay. Sorry, I forgot that they also have to compete in the other thing. I was like, I know Rob does the puzzle. Why am I writing him here? Okay. I digress. Okay. Blue, we have Rob, Ben, Michelle, and Jeremy as the swimmers. And then red, we have Wendell, Tyson, Yule, and Sarah. My first thought before I even recorded this, I saw Denise on the boat and I was like, why isn't Denise swimming? She's such a strong swimmer. She is. So then what happens? Um, so the, the whole 
this whole thing, we're pretty much neck and neck in terms of the swimming, I think. Where it really gets interesting is they have to do the little, they're jumping off of the plank and catching the keys. And when I say catching, they have to like knock them off, but also grab them. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sophie and Denise go up first, respectively, and they each miss. Nick jumps and he gets a key. Nick gets a key. Oh, yeah, he does. Uh, Parvati goes up, she misses. Kim goes up, she gets the key. So at this point, DeCall is safely in the lead. Adam jumps and he gets a key, but it's like very clumsy. It's kind of funny. And then on the other Wait, team- Wait, well, I just Nick- want to say, Je- Jeff goes, Ad- Adam's up. Can Adam get it? And to myself, I said, I doubt it. Oh but my then, God. Then he did get it. Adam got the clumsiest edit of all time this episode. Like, they are making him look like such a doof. And when I say they, I mean the editors, but I also mean Adam. Um, I mean, so. But, you know, I mean, it's not his fault. I mean, he over, he performed better than some other people. Mm -hmm. So, but at this point, like, Nick gets the third key. So they're off. They're on their way. And, like, Sele just really starts like shitting the bed. Like I okay, so Adam keeps repeatedly jumping, and like the other two don't really try. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. they don't go up again, unless, which was you know what, though, weird. In, unless they did in between, and it's right. Like yeah, that you're... that's always a possibility. Did you notice I... Tony yelling at Adam from the bench <laughs> to fall? Yes, I saw. He's literally like clapping his hands. He's like, fall, fall, fall. I saw a funny tweet that was like, Tony's trying to put a spell on Adam right now. Um, Like a Snape and Harry Potter. Oh my God. Um, But yeah, you're, you're, that's a very good point. It very well could have been the edit, but Adam eventually gets the rest of the keys. Like he, he digs deep and pulls it out. Like he gets those keys. Um. And he fi- yeah, he finally gets it. And so at this point, Red, DeCall, has already been working on the puzzle. So Nick, and, it's- Nick and Sarah are doing the puzzle. And Nick has done this puzzle before in his own season and won. And they already have a head start. They're totally going to win, right? Um, I will say, at this point, one thing that I did think of is Blue made a really stupid decision, I think, because... I feel like the swim, you're not going to fall that far behind. But the key jumping thing, you could definitely fall behind. I feel like you need to really have your athletes on that aspect of it. So if you fall behind in swimming, that's a couple minutes. But you know how many people are going to miss the key a lot. Right. Like, imagine imagine Jeremy and Ben. They're not going to miss the key. Exactly. One of or them Wendell. Jumping. Yeah, the, the tall people. The tall people. Exactly. Um, I mean, Adam, I mean, he, I don't know how tall he is. I, I don't know if it's just how he looks on TV, but he just, he looks a little petite. He's for sure petite. Well, we can fact check that. We won't. But, I mean, we could. But, yes. Anyway, Nick and Sarah are working on the puzzle, and Adam gets the key, and they take off to the puzzle, and Rob and Michelle start doing the puzzle, which at this point, I was like, oh, my God. Why are you choosing Rob for this GD puzzle when he's already failed at two puzzles? Like that was honestly a weird choice to me. Yeah, my comments were worked out. 
Yeah, my comments were, Michelle must be smart, and doesn't Rob suck at puzzles now? Why are you picking him? I was surprised, but they they flew through it. And because at, at one point, they started gaining momentum, and then that is when the other team decides to totally dismantle their puzzle. Like, start from scratch, which I was like, oh, God. But they I mean, I guess if you, I guess the way the puzzle is set up, it's, it's like these four I four posts that are sticking out of the ground and you have to put these differently shaped pieces that also have an image on either side and they need to line up so maybe they had the wrong piece at the bottom or something I don't know I mean at that point you'd have to take it off but I don't know well they did it they got those chickens and then we go back uh to DeCall and it's time to scramble because they gotta go to tribal they sure do. My first thought is, is Nick in trouble? Oh, he, he was in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, but oh wait, before they get back to DeCall, Adam, you know, shares a little sweet sentiment about his mom. Um, for those of you who didn't watch his season when Adam was competing, um, his mom was dying of cancer and she literally passed away. I'm pretty sure like... With, I don't know, within an hour from when he returned from Survivor. And so he shares a little anecdote about how when he was a kid, his teacher said, when Adam decides to do something, there's no stopping him. And he just, you know, uses that for, you know, he ended up getting the most keys. Actually, he got he got the only keys for his team, right? <laughs> yeah, he did. He got all three. Yeah. So when Adam puts his mind to it, there's no stopping him. I feel like he teared up. I teared up. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Aww. and she was right. She was. Oh, so then Tyson immediately starts throwing the puzzle makers under the bus and being like, well, like Nick didn't do the puzzle. Uh, so Nick's name is really the first one thrown out. Tyson is coming in real hot. In my notes, I wrote, Wendell looks great. Just a side note, just a side note. Um, I mean, doesn't he always? Yeah, but then Yule goes to Nick and he's like, we're going to flip it on Tyson. And that's when the scrambling really starts. I thought it was really sweet when uh, Nick admits that Tyson was one of his favorite players, but now like Tyson's going for him, so he has to go for him oh, back. Too. Mm. Well, I need to say before, though, it's the thing that confuses me is, I guess the way it's portrayed to us is that Nick, Yule, Sophie, and Wendell are a unit. So this is Tyson immediately when they get back, literally saying to Anyone who will listen, it's Nick, it's Nick, it's Nick. And Yule's like, okay, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I'm just wondering what's going on that Tyson would think that would be okay. Because I guess to us, like, I would think that he wouldn't bother talking to Yule, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think there had to have been some stuff we didn't see because also... Um, um, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, when you were questioning my love for Nick earlier... Um, <laughs> When Tyson is talking about Nick to everyone, there go there's a shot to Nick like laying in the shelter. And I write <laughs> shot to Nick laying there. His eyes look beautiful. They really do. They're really blue and pretty. His hair looked great this episode too. Like when it was back in the buff and it was just like perfectly quaffed, if you will. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it's I thought he was having a good hair day. Um Very good. But- and like I feel like he just has like these like really pretty blue eyes and like nice lashes. So you're, you, it's, okay, we're not going to get it. We're not going to get into it. 
Um, you know what? Like, why not both? Why not Ben and Nick? Um, but so at this point, like, it kind of starts working because Tony's like, yeah, maybe I would rather get Nick. And Tony talks to Sarah and he makes his case. Then Sarah talks to Kim and they're like, well, we need Sandra. Um, at, at this point, Sandra says, I think one of the most iconic lines of the episode, which is, I love revenge, but I love $2 million more. And ain't that the truth? Except it's not because she ends up. Yeah. So we, we get, I mean, I will say though, one thing I want to say, we got some impressive, you know, footage of Tony. I feel like Tony was really making a lot of sense, which doesn't always happen. I feel like when Tony was talking to Sandra, he was explaining Tyson is a shield for us. We're the big threats and he, we need to have him around. And I feel like just, he was explaining himself really well. And I think his argument was very solid. And I feel like if I was Sandra, I probably would have gone along with it. Yeah. Tony honestly has had a great character arc during his time on Survivor. Like it's, he's really been a delight to watch. And we talk about that a little bit in Tribal too. Um, So we, we can just get to there. Um, they get to tribal and but, go ahead. Well, before they go to tribal, before they go, I just need to say, you know how they are like panning to the different players while one person's talking as they're all gathering up their things and their torches and stuff. Mm-hmm. I did write nice shot of Yule's booty. He is not aged. Did you see that? His like little like uh, shorts. Um, We actually had a listener comment from, I think it was two episodes ago when we were t- talking, when we were doing our fashion segment, um, Brian was very upset that we did not mention Yule's butt. So I'm really glad that you're correcting this error. This one goes out to Brian. You- and Yule's butt! And Yule's and- butt! And Yule's butt. Um, speaking of fashion, I'll save it for the end, but uh, most of my notable fashion moments were at Tribal, just to keep oh, in mind. Yeah, I we'll, already- we'll get there. I already know your fashion moments from tribal. I was thinking of you the whole time. <laughs> um, so we get to tribal and it was honestly not super intense. And I, to be fair, that's because we're used to seeing uh, Sele, which is like Rob doing his witchcraft and emptying everyone's bag. So this honestly felt pretty benign. Yeah. Um, they're, t- you know, Sandra's doing her anyone but me. And uh, we're there. Everyone's talking. I think the, the big theme here is about how, there's a lot of like being star starstruck play happening right now. And yes. you don't want to vote out your idols, but also like you do want to. I just think it's really notable that Kim says, I- I've been starstruck since I've been here. And Sarah goes, Oh, thanks. And it could come off as a joke, but I will say, okay, when Tyson and Tony and Sam, like that conversation was happening about, Tony and Tyson, I believe, were talking and say, and Tyson was saying how they're the threats and they need to stick together and stuff. When it Before Tribal, when it goes to Sarah's portion, she's saying, we're the threats. And I'm like, Sarah, I don't know if you were included in that. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I feel like Sarah's kind of talking herself up. She's like, oh, thanks, Kim. You were starstruck. I know it was presented as a joke, but I feel like she's kind of like lumping herself in with the Tysons and the Tonys. I don't know. Oh, no, I agree with you there. I noticed that, too. 
Um, but I mean, otherwise, oh, oh, the other part with that was when Nick was like, Parvati was my high school crush. I was like, oh, this is cringy. Oh, I, I wrote, oh, Parv was Nick's high school crush. How cute. But I, I guess you know how my heart beats for Nick. Oh, I like how Sandra says that she's never starstruck, which I, I mean, I appreciate some, you know, one liners from Sandra. Yeah, it was some realness. Um, Jeff was kind of trying to stir the pot. He was like, who was told a plan? But like it, it just, I don't know. I, I felt like the tribal didn't really get going. Like it was pretty to the pretty like straightforward and to the point. So let's get to the vote. Um, Nick votes out Kim in case Tyson play, played an idol, which we didn't see that discussion, but I guess it's plausible that they all talked about it together because the vote is pretty straightforward. We got one for Nick, one for Kim, and then the rest are Tyson. So I guess I'm wondering, there are currently nine people, correct? Yeah, we just saw seven. So, But I, I would presume that the other two were for Tyson. I mean... It didn't matter, but yeah, it didn't matter. But I was, I was worried that I don't know Nick was being dumb and he was voting for Kim, and then say five people voted for him, or say four people voted for him, he voted for Kim, and mm-hmm. then four were for Tyson. Then there would be a revote, and someone might be like, "Wow, you're an idiot," and then vote him. I don't know. I was a little nervous, but I think it was just, I don't know, for the sake of the drama. However, they, you know showed yeah. the votes in what order yeah. i wish they would show and, the votes at the end i know and tyson was kind of bitter too i loved when he uh when he had to bequeath his fire token and he was like i'd rather just swallow it and then he he gave it to nick and said here's a fire token from your hero <laughs> i know and when he was like deciding he was like i'd rather just swallow it oh my god it was so good um, and then he and then they show him getting to Edge of Extinction. He's like, man, you guys have a lot of firewood. Yeah, they sure do. <laughs> what comedy? What comedy? At, at what cost? I know. Oh, my God. Ethan's Can you? Cost? Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, oh, um, so I mean, overall, it was honestly a pretty low key episode. But I think we needed that after last week. And especially we needed it. Going into next week where we're going to be doing a tribe swap. We are going to drop our buffs. We're going to drop the shit out of our buffs next week. Um, The one other thing from yep. next next week's episode. Who is Michelle talking about? Oh, would you like to know? Yeah. Did you? Okay. Did you look into this or am I supposed to know? I, I've looked into it. Oh, my God. Who? Okay, wait. For for, for our <laughs> listeners, please. What what is the what is the um sound? So, what does she yeah. say? So we see a little preview for next week, and we see that they drop their bus and they do a tribe swap. And Michelle says, "How did I end up on an island with my ex boyfriend?" Who the fuck is it, Laura? Wendell. No. What do you yeah. mean? Yeah, Wendell and Michelle dated. Shut the fuck up. Am I supposed I'm- to have known that? I am going to send you a photo right now. Okay. Is this like public knowledge? Like, were they on Instagram or? A little little bit, but I think it was low key. I had seen. Okay. So a couple weeks ago, 
uh, Michelle posted a photo of her and Parvati like cheersing and was like, me and my survivor bay. And then Wendell comments on the post and was like, oh, that's your bay. And I was like, oh, excuse me. And uh, yeah, I just sent you a little photo. You, you okay? I thought you meant like, oh, in life, I'm gonna send this to you. No, you literally, you mean you just texted it to me right now. Yeah. Oh, honestly, they're they're kind of a cute couple. You know what? They're though? hot. They're a hot ge- couple. Geographically, it makes sense if she's from New mm-hmm. Jersey and he yeah. lives in Philly. Like, ooh, I I can't wait to know more. Like, I would I would watch that reality show. Honestly, honestly, I really thought. In my head, I think I imagine like Wendell with like not a wife, but a fiance or something that he's like completely faithful to. And, you know, he builds furniture and, you know. Yeah, it's me. It's me. <laughs> I'm not going to tell your husband, but <laughs> I, I, I support this relationship. Oh, my God. Yeah, that that was very it was surprising to me, but not surprising. Cause yeah, like you said, they live nearby. They're both hot people. They've both won survivor. They have those three things in common. What more do you need? I guess just when I see people post things on social media and by people, I mean, survivor players, cause I follow so many of them and they're always going to events and they're always hanging yeah. out with each other. I, you know, I guess I just don't read too much into it. Hold on, Michelle Fitzgerald, Wendell Holland. You know, I'm going on a deep dive. Yeah. I and mean, I'll save it till after we, you know, go. But I'm 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 typing in the Goog right now. Yeah, I didn't find a lot with my preliminary Google. I had to uh take to Twitter to get into it. Reddit. But, oh Reddit. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some articles out there as of 35 minutes ago. Oh yeah. Well, I'm gonna do a Reddit deep dive because that's where the good good True. gossip is. Oh, maybe uh, we'll have to do a special episode with the, oh, oh, okay. So yeah, I'm just, I'm just skimming the article. They dated for a short time after they both won, but I think people are suspecting that maybe they get back together. Hmm. That would be nice. I'm all for a survivor romance. Yeah. And I think that, um. And like uh, this says in pre-show interviews, you know, Wendell said she was a friend and they were on friendly terms. Uh, Yeah, but I don't think they ever came out and said that they were like straight up in a relationship. So but it looks like next week they do. Oh, my God. This is some good TV. Michelle, bring it. Season season 40, Michelle. a relationship that I'm here for. But speaking of Wendell, can we get into some fashion moments? Absolutely. So I'm guessing you have something to say about Wendell. Yeah. So my first fashion moment was in the immunity challenge where I really liked Wendell's necklace. He had a little wooden necklace going on. I love his signature toothpick. And it was really the pairing of the two. But then also I was really into um, Wendell's like, pastel mint colored shirt oh, paired with that, with, paired with with that the pocket bold, yes paired with that bold print scarf around his neck that was a good look yeah no th- yeah he looked he was like leading the pack when they yeah. were going to try he he didn't even look like he'd been on an island for 11 I've, days um can i say my first fashion moment my yeah. first fashion moment is tyson's double french braids mm-hmm. paired with his cute little flamingo like mini swim shorts and his jean jacket and his red skinny jeans yeah he 
he brought he brought it for that tribal. Honestly, um, he he may be going to the edge of extinction, but he is uh, the fashionista of this episode. Absolutely. I also thought Sophie's tribal look was real cute. She had like a pale blue mock turtleneck sweater, which oh, I, I thought was, it was like gray. But oh, it could be our TV. No, I mean it could be our TVs, our own perception of color. Yeah. But well, I wrote. Wait, my first tribal note says Lara's gonna go ape shit for Sophie's turtleneck. <laughs> I did. Well, it was like just such a turtleneck. It was. I yeah, I do love a turtleneck. That's true. But I, just, I, I just know your style so well. You really do. Wait, but I, I also love. Wait, like, we could say at the party this weekend when we were talking about like our aesthetics and stuff. It, like I said that Courtney and I were talking about your style. And she was like, yeah, I feel like that's, like, very geometric. And I was like, yeah, like, Laura really loves stripes. And then you yeah. show up to the party wearing stripes. <laughs> I love some stripes. If I go to, you know what? I wonder if they're allowed to wear stripes on Survivor because stripes uh, render weird on camera. But if I went on Survivor, I would try to bring some stripes and I would ask for forgiveness, not permission. Yeah, um, I, I bet you would. But... It wasn't just her turtleneck. I liked the way her hair was looking. It looked like when you have you ever used on your hair like that, like salt, sp- like salt water spray that is like supposed to make your hair look beachy. That was I, how Sophie's hair looked. My hair could never look. I have the weirdest hair in the entire world. It's like it's coarse but thin. It is curly yet kind of not. It, it varies day to day, but I, I don't think I could go for, I don't think the beachy look would, but I am familiar with what you're talking about. Yeah. Like a, a salt spray. I thought Sophie looks cute. I thought Sophie looks cute. I thought Tyson looked like he was trying some things and I just thought Wendell looked hot. Like I was here for it. Those were some good fashion moments. Yeah. I will say we saw some, the back of Kim's bralette this week. And I feel like it had like a cute little kind of like back detail, like the way it was shaped. And I, you know, it's um, it was a Spanx bralette. Yeah. Well, when, when she responded to our tweet about it, yes, she, she let us know. Shout out Kim. Come on the show. Kim's Bradlin. Uh, okay. So who is your MVP of the week? Oh man. I got so distracted. I didn't even think about it. Uh, it's hard because it's like Adam saved their butts in the challenge, but he also was Adam. You know, you know what? I think for me, for me, it's got to be Ethan, which I realize is the second week in a row that one of us is naming an MVP who is on the edge of extinction. So maybe it's like not even MVP, but like a favorite player, but whatever. I don't care. It's Ethan. It was the best moment of the episode. It really was. I, one thing that I have to say is I really think that them not showing the votes kind of takes away from the MVP choice. Like, for example, say Sandro made some kind of determination on who went home this week or something, you know, like the vote, like it was Sandra's vote that was up in the air and she chose, I might say it was her for going with one side versus the other, but yeah. I don't know. Cause they don't show it. It drives me nuts. But wait, one thing I need to say is, do you notice? Okay. So on social media, 
people will be posting these pit collages of everyone's vote. Where yeah. do they come from? The, the survivor post that somewhere? Maybe we can look into it. Why do we not know this? We're we're really failing at our job right now. We'll figure it out. Um, we'll figure. Um, we'll we'll talk about it this weekend. But yeah, I guess I had to name a play. MVP. Okay, you know who mine is? Who? Okay, I was about to say mine was Tony because he like made some moves, but then I realized the vote didn't go his way. But it, actually, it probably did because he probably ended up voting for Tyson too. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm sure everyone did. I'm going to say Tony because I feel like I feel like Tony has been portrayed as like the lovable buffoon. But I feel like I saw his mind working this week. And I think that even if he didn't necessarily do anything that meaningful this week, didn't necessarily determine anything. I think that there are big things ahead for Tony and he's thinking I agree. And I think you have to hand it to him that he has been showing so much restraint. Like he went out there being like, yeah, I need to keep myself in check. And he's doing it. Um, If I had to name an MVP who's still in the game, I think I would go with Michelle because she helped win that puzzle. She is making connections with other players and maintaining her original alliances like with Jeremy and First and foremost, she dated Wendell. Oh, um, I mean, if that's not a winner, that's I don't not know what win- is. Right. Like, but, or is she the biggest loser of the week for not keeping him? Ooh. That, right. Now that's the real controversy. Yeah. And no, I will say I have a newfound respect for Michelle. I mean, I feel bad on our, <laughs> our episode when we were talking about the players before it started. I was like, oh. Michelle, like I, don't, I was making digs at her because I guess I was one of those people that like didn't necessarily respect her win, but I feel like she's playing a different game this time. And I think maybe Michelle was put on that beauty tribe with, I don't know, a bunch of dummies or something. I don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like maybe that's why I didn't respect her win, but I feel like she's kind of really holding her own with all of these winners. Do you think you can identify a winner at this point? Like I still, the the oh. Yule the Yule winner edit has kind of fallen away. Um, the Ethan's on edge, which we don't. We, it's it's just hard to factor in edge of extinction. Um, I think Michelle is getting a pretty good winners edit. Um, and I haven't written off Sandra, Rob, or Parvati either at this point. I know I'm, I'm still thinking about Natalie a lot because. I feel like there's a good chance Natalie will at some point make it back in the game, but I don't know if they'll immediately take her right back out. Yeah. I mean, she is just such a challenge beast. At this point, I, I really can't say, and I, yeah. I, I don't know until maybe we get to the top, like seven that I'll be able to have a comment. I think at some point we will name all of the people that eventually will be right. It's hard to give a winner's edit when they're all winners. Yeah. Do you have any final um, notes on the show before we get into our luxury items of the week? I think I said it all. I mean, yeah. I, I read all of my little pervy comments that I made. <laughs> I'm I'm just scrolling through my notes, you know, yeah. seeing if there's anything else of note. But I think we I think we covered it. Um, I don't think so. 
So if you are tuning in for the first time, we'd like to end the show with something called luxury items. If you are somebody who listens to our podcast, but you don't watch the show, um, at least in the beginning, I don't know if they still do it now, but the players were allowed to bring a luxury item that could be like a book or a journal or a pack of playing cards, like something to keep them entertained. So this is the part of the show where we like to share something outside of Survivor that we are enjoying. Um, Ashley, would you like to kick it off? Would you like to go first? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so I, I will go first. Um, mine is super random. And it might surprise you. So I don't know if you know this about me, but on occasion, I will get really into country music. What? What? I mean, yeah, like I, I, I will. I thought you only listen to the Taylor Swift brand of country only when it comes to. Oh, you know what? You like Casey Musgraves. I like Casey Musgraves. I went to see Shania Twain with Christy and Courtney. Like I get into some country. Uh, from time to time, it's like a little like guilty pleasure that I don't feel guilty about. Um, like there's certain songs that I just love. Uh, but I recently discovered a new to me artist that I had never listened to before. Her name is Kelsey Ballerini. Are you familiar with her music? I am. You know, I'm not super, super familiar with it, but I definitely listen to some Spotify playlists that have her. When I listen to Pandora, she comes on. I know Taylor Swift is a friend of hers. I'm pretty yes. sure Taylor's, she, Taylor Swift's down with her. She is very much in the same camp of like old Taylor, Casey Musgraves, like a Mary poppy. Morris. Yeah, a poppy kind of country. Um, my favorite song of hers is one from her new album called Club. I think you should check it out. I think you would particularly oh, like it. I 100% will. I love... Literally all of those people. Yeah. Taylor, Marin, Casey. I'm definitely going to check that out. I need to say, I need to thank you so much for in your Insta storying. You, I remember you were like cleaning or doing something mm-hmm. and you posted a video and it was Casey Musgraves high time in the background and you were like doing a little dance to it and I was like (laughs) what is this fucking banger and I texted you and I was like what is that song in your insta story and you told me and I went on like a Casey Musgraves binge this was probably like two years ago like and then her like new album came out and I have been obsessed ever since so thank you for that you're so welcome I worship at the altar of Casey Musgraves I think she is so good Wait, remember when we wanted to go see her, but she was in Philly and it was your bachelorette weekend. So uh-huh. I was like, fuck, fuck, Laura, I guess we're in Philsomita. <laughs> your bachelorette's canceled. You were I down, know. I think. I know. I would still, I would still really love to see her at some point next time she comes to town. We have to go together. Yeah. Mine is going to be, mine's going to be a little show called Love is Blind oh, on Netflix. Which I know that you started experiencing for the first time tonight. Just tonight. Right. Honestly, that really must have been something like going from that and then into Survivor. I mean, emotions are running high in both. It's been a roller coaster over here. Well, how far are you? Like one and a half episodes? That's exactly where I'm at. So what's their faces just got engaged. I don't want to spoil it for anybody if you haven't watched. No, we don't want to spoil it for anyone. Basically, the concept of this the concept of this show is, I don't know if they announced it in the beginning and I wasn't paying attention because there are there are other people besides the ones that get airtime 
on it. So I don't know exactly how many, but there's a certain number of guys, certain number of girls. And what they do is they're there for like a 30 something day experiment to see if they can fall in love with someone without actually seeing them. So they go into these little pods and go on dates. So the guy will be on one, the girl will be on the other. And there's like a wall in between them that they can hear through, but they can't see. I really love like the different like vibes that they curate in the pods. There's like like a sweatpants. Yeah. So there's like a comfy couch and, you know, some blankets, a pillow. There's like different beverages. And it's like really cute when you can see their body language, like, Sometimes like in the beginning or if they're not really vibing someone, they might be like sitting upright on the couch. And then if they like really connect with them, they're like sitting like crisscross applesauce on the floor. It's so cute. And I don't know. It's actually a real treasure coming from someone that watches The Bachelor and thinks that shows like that are bullshit. This actually seems kind of authentic for some of for some of them. (laughs) I agree. It's I mean, I'm an episode and a half in and I am so invested Um, since you brought it up. The Bachelor. I also am so in to the choice of Claire Crawley for next year's Bachelorette. I don't know if you saw my Instagram story, Ashley, but I'm going to watch next season. Now, I am someone that's relatively new to Bachelor Nation, and you recently stopped watching. Right. So you watched for like quite a few years and you stopped (laughs) because you were, you know, fed up with, you know, the choices that they were making for their lead. And it's not even that I particularly like Claire or liked her in her seasons. Like, I really, like, she didn't do anything for me one way or the other. I'm just so supportive of them having a 38-year-old woman on the show instead of, like, a 24-year-old who is not ready to get married. I 100% agree. I mean, I'm completely new, so... This will be my third season of Bachelorette. So I'm currently on my third season of Bachelor now. I watched Ari's season where he was in his... How old was he? Ari was like 36 or something. He was 36. There was a 22-year-old girl on there as his potential wife. And I'm, I'm like, what the fuck do you have in common? Yeah. And then Becca... Becca was like, what, in her like... She was like 28 maybe? Yeah. And so as the next Bachelorette from Ari season, and then Colton was 26. I think I think Colton was ready to get married because sure, he, was yeah, like, yeah. he was a 26 year old virgin. And I think that that kind of set, you know, says something because oh, yeah. he I think he really wanted to share that with someone special and was looking for something serious. <laughs> and then from Colton's season, Hannah, who I'm pretty sure Hannah was 24 when The Bachelorette was filming. I'm sorry. I'm 31 and I'm single as fucking. I can't even imagine getting married tomorrow. So I'm sorry. What, what business does a 24 year old have looking for their husband? Yeah. So, I mean, you can look for your you can look for your husband. I'm not against a 24 year old getting married if they might have been in a relationship well, for a certain number of years. But in that many, you know, weeks or months, getting married, I I I don't know. I'm, yeah. And, I'm not. And, to be, to be fair, there was one bachelorette, JoJo, who she got engaged on the show to Jordan Rogers. And to this day, they're still together. Although and thought, Rogers' brother, right? Yes. I love him. Although, yeah, so they're, they're a hot couple. Um, But so anyway, but they recently got, like, re-engaged. And I think it was, like, them being, like, okay, this is, like, we're getting engaged for real. Because, like, we've been together for five years and we're, like, actually committed, not just, like, TV show committed but I think she is the exception and not the rule like 
I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm so here for an older, not, not that 38 is old by any means, but just somebody who actually is like ready to get married. Uh, Claire's most notable moment in her, in her season, The Bachelor, she was on Juan Pablo season and Juan Pablo was like, kind of the worst yeah he was yeah he was like trash Um, i I actually didn't watch it at that time but i just feel like just from him internet i heard he's trash you know how sometimes like a person a contestant like sneaks out of their room and then goes and has a little tryst with the the bachelor yes so that was claire and her and juan pablo had sex in the ocean oh my god i think that i remember hearing about that happening but i didn't watch it so i didn't give a shit interesting yeah whatever more power to her i'm here for it and i'm gonna watch i'm gonna watch i've always said that if there is a lead that i support i'll watch so i'm i'm gonna put my money where my mouth is yeah i well i've been waiting for this moment because literally the season that i i started watching you stopped and i was pissed because (laughs) my coworkers told me to watch and i was excited to have you to talk about it with and then you you stopped and i tried to convince you but you wouldn't be had and i appreciate you you know, sticking to your guns and, you know, coming back as you said you would. My only concern is, oh, I think we're going on a real bachelor ta- tangent, but we've, we've you know, been so good. We've been cruising through this episode. I listened to this one podcast and apparently the one podcast I listened to, I listened to like a true crime podcast. And apparently some people that listen to it only want to hear the stories about murder and they don't want to hear the chatter. And I like hearing the chit chat. I'm here for it. Even though I don't know these people when they're just bullshitting. I like that part about it. Me too. But but they always like make fun. They're like skippers. You're going to want to skip now. So okay skippers. If you don't want to listen to us talk about The Bachelor. Skip now. Or listen and then maybe you'll watch it and talk talk yeah. with us about it. I like that. I just want to say. um, What happens with The Bachelor and Bachelorette. There is a spinoff called Bachelor in Paradise. Which is really what I live for. Because I have a hard time actually believing The Bachelor and Bachelorette find true love. Bachelor in Paradise is a bunch of rejects from the show. That don't get picked. And they all go to Mexico together. And they hang out on a beach. And they like go on dates and stuff. And then it's just drama. And it's just like fun. It's fun and funny. And that that's really what I live for. But I'm kind of concerned that Claire's season is going to have a bunch of casts off. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, Claire's season is going to have a bunch of cast offs that are like 38 to 42 year old men that are going to be on Bachelor in Paradise with some of uh, this past bachelors. This past bat. Yeah. As contestants that are like 20. And it's going to make for a really creepy Bachelor in Paradise, which. I guess I'm here for it because I'm watching it for the drama, but. That's an interesting point, but I think they're going to also have a lot of younger men, like 30 to 36 that are awesome. I, I wouldn't be, I, cause I watched her uh, interview on Good Morning America and they were like, Claire, like, do you like younger men, older men? She was like, I like younger men, oh, which okay. get it girl. So, I mean, like, I think yeah. they're going to have a considerable amount of younger men. So we All shall right. see. I'm looking forward to it. I feel like talking about The Bachelor has become a recurring segment on our on our podcast. And I don't hate well, it. I, I like the chatter. Well, I mean, honestly, when you said that your uh, luxury item this week was country music, I mean, I thought you were going to be talking about Chase Rice, former <laughs> Survivor runner-up, turned uh, Bachelor, well, turned country star, turned uh, musical guest on this season of The Bachelor. I mean, Wait, that's really so, what I, that's where... So, 
do you know how I actually like I thought you were going yeah so I actually started um my like because I like I go through phases of listening to country music and the one I I saw I I was once in a while I get into like a bachelor Instagram rabbit hole and I was looking at uh her name was Lauren Bushnell now Lauren Lane uh and she was she won uh Ben Higgins season of The Bachelor and then they had their own ABC family sorry freeform uh TV <laughs> series called Ben and Lauren Forever question mark they broke up um and she's now married to like a country star I think his name is like Chris Lane or whatever and I was like just you know, doing a deep dive into their lives. And he sings this one very catchy song. Have you heard it? Do you mind if I sing you a little bit of it? It's like, do you know it? It's like, what's your name? What's your son? What's your birthday? Do you know that song? Okay. I feel like I'll put on like such and such male country star radio on Pandora. And that sounds familiar. Like it would come up. So that's what that's really what prepped me to be in the mood to get into the music of Kelsey Ballerini. But it's, absolutely, it all comes back to The Bachelor. Everything in life does. Yeah. But oh, we also wanted to share something else that is not a luxury item, but just something that we want to share. If you've made it this far, maybe we should have kicked off the episode with this. Uh, but we wanted to share. Um, a cause that we support right now. Um, so we went to high school with um, this guy, Dan, and he is like one of the kindest people that I personally ever met. He is so friendly. Like he is very into reading and he's just like always supporting me to finish the books that I set out to read and to accomplish my Goodreads challenge. Oh, me too. Um, he's every time I'm like, I finished this book. Dan liked it. And I'm like, oh. What a supportive guy. Yeah. Um, and his boyfriend, Jason, was just diagnosed with, um, I don't, with a, he, they found a brain tumor and he just got diagnosed with um, a type of cancer. And it is just, it's just su- such a near cause to my heart because they, I haven't met Jason, but from Instagram, they just seem truly in love and adorable. They have, cute corgis together and um if anyone has made it this far and is listening and has a few extra bucks to spare we're gonna put the link to the gofundme in the show notes and we would really appreciate it if you would go and donate to to the cause yes uh jason's fearless fight um on gofundme if you could i will say i just you know, this has been going on this week. Dan shared that GoFundMe on Facebook. You know, we donated. Um, but I will say during the challenge this week when Ethan was, you know, talking about having to, you know, climb up that hill and stuff. And he was just, you know, you know, breaking down physically and stuff. And Ethan is a cancer survivor. And he, you know, said anyone who's been through a health challenge and he was just talking about his spinal taps, his chemo, his radiation and stuff. And like, drawing upon that to get him up that mountain. I I mean, I feel like I I was getting a little extra emotional about that this week. Absolutely. When he was Absolutely. talking about that. And Ethan, you know, saying he was like, you know, if he can make it through all of that, you know, he can make it up this mountain. And I, you know, am really wishing well and, you know, praying for Jason. And, yeah, we're rooting for you guys. And, yeah, we're rooting for you, Jason. You got um, this. But yeah, please check the link in our bio and please donate to that. 
And um, otherwise, we will be back next week recapping episode five of Survivor. I can't believe we're already at a, a tribal swap. Um, and in the meantime, you can find us. Uh, I mean, you're listening to it right now, so you know where to find us. Um, but we're also on Twitter and Instagram at Idle Chatter Pod. And we would, as always, appreciate if you could subscribe, if you could rate us, if you could leave a review. I know it's kind of annoying to do. Um, but I am ranking the people I like the most in order of who's leaving the reviews. So absolutely. Yeah. You're in my MySpace top eight if You're you if you rate review and subscribe. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we we would really appreciate all of the above. Um, but right. that's that's it for tonight, I think. Yeah, I guess in, until next week, guys. All right, until Thanks for next listening. week. Bye. <laughs>